Sunday, August the 8th. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. So to start this morning, we're going to play a little game. I've got my lovely volunteer here and uh, many of us know this game. If you're in the church building, we're going to play this game together and it's called Two Truths and a Lie. So Simon, I'm going to give you three statements. Two of them are completely true about me. One of them's a lie. Go You've got to work out which is the lie. Go okay. Number one, when I was a teenager, I kept bees. Number two, when I was a teenager, all I wanted to do when I grow up, grew up was be a beekeeper. Number three, I was the richest teenager because of the beekeeping. Which one's the lie? Oh, that's quite tricky, actually. Uh, you definitely were a beekeeper, so that's true. Um, did you want to be a beekeeper when you grow up, when you grew up even? Um, I think that's the lie, but I think you were rich because of the beekeeping. Absolutely. Well yes, done, good boy. Yes. Well done. Thank you so much. You see, truths and lies, they're really hard to sometimes de- sort of work out which one is the truth. You see, I did keep bees and I was really rich because I was a very productive beekeeper, but it was definitely not my long-term goal for the whole of my life. But as you will note, it could have been true, actually, because sometimes lies are very, very close to the truth. Today, we're thinking about temptations, and we're looking into James chapter 1, which talks about temptations. You see, if we're going to be people of action, we are going to face all kinds of temptations to do things not God's way, to do things that are not good for us, The Bible often calls them sin. They separate us from him, but also to do things that could be harmful for us, uh, not the way that God intended us to live. So to be people of action, just like we read here in James, is saying we need to work out how to conquer, how to overcome areas of temptation in our lives. And as that little game at the beginning reminded us, sometimes it's really hard to spot temptation. You see, there are clear temptations like, you know, do not murder. We all would go, yeah, okay, we'd probably recognise a temptation to murder someone in our lives. But there are loads and loads of subtle temptations in our lives, aren't there, that actually are so close to the truth or so easy to fall into. Let me give you a couple of examples. Just 10 more minutes at work it won't hurt, or just one more drink, that will be fine, or I'll just click this webpage, surely what can go wrong? There are subtle temptations that we face every single day. And for us to be people of action, the Bible clearly says we need to work out how to face these. So let's have a quick look into James chapter 1. Verse 13 reminds us that temptation is very real and that it drags us to a place that we don't want to go. It says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. 
This verse reminds us that it drags us to a place we don't want to go. Just 10 more minutes at work could mean that actually the next day you're not so productive because you worked too long and hours the day before, or you miss your kid's bedtime, or you don't get to spend time with some of your community because you're late. 10 more minutes at work might not feel like a big temptation, but it drags us potentially to a place we don't want to go. Verse nine, uh, 16 sorry, reminds us also that it's about being deceived, that we believe lies about ourselves. The temptation is about lies and not truth. So verse 16, it says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. It's saying, don't go to those places. Don't be deceived that those lies are going to bring life to you. Let's think about what's going to bring life to you. There's so many things we could believe uh, that are lies for ourselves. If I had those nice clothes that perhaps I can't afford, I will feel better about myself. Or if I'm just a bit lighter, if I don't weigh so much, then I will feel better about myself. Or if I go to that party, maybe I feel like I belong somewhere. These are all lies that we can easily entertain in our minds. I'm sure you've got examples yourselves. And the Bible and James is saying here, don't be deceived. These are temptations that lead you to places you don't want to go. These lead you into mindsets you don't want to live in. They lead you to action that you don't want to have. These temptations deceive us. So let's pause for a moment And I've given you a couple of examples that feel real to me. But what are the temptations that you face? Even small children who are watching this now, I know that sometimes you're tempted to do things that perhaps you know are not right. Something with your brother or sister. Wind somebody up at school. I'm sure we're all tempted to do things that we know are wrong. Just for a moment, let's pause. So how do we face temptation with action? Well, James has got some answers for us here. Verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like a shifting shadow. Every good and perfect gift comes from God And when we see those gifts, when we see those things, those perfect gifts that God is giving us, it's like a light being turned on in a dark space. That's what this verse is saying, that when we look, raise our gaze to the many gifts that God has given us, the darkness, the temptations that we face somehow are seen in a different way. Because the light comes on and shows them for what they really are. Those subtle temptations, we say to God, shine your light on them. And all of a sudden we see the lies that are fueling those temptations. And we see with new eyes why they're a temptation that we fall for. When we look to the gifts of God and we realise how good they are and how perfect they are, the temptations seem less appealing because actually God's given me this. Why would I want to do that? Or God has given me this opportunity. Why would I do this that means I miss that opportunity? 
God's gifts are always better. God's ways are always better. And when we start looking to those, we recognize the temptations and see them in a different way. Let me give you a few examples. So money is something that many of us struggle with temptation around either not having enough or having uh, not good ways to spend it. But the Bible reminds us again and again, doesn't it, that the treasures we have are actually in heaven. The earthly ones will one day disappear and be eaten by moths, it says in the Gospels. But actually, we need to look to God and see him as provider. We need to look to God and see him and how he uses the gifts he's given in a generous way. That leads us to a, a, a go, do you know what, I don't need to spend that because I can save it and use it in a different way that perhaps brings life in another way. Think about our image. The Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in Psalm 139. And I need to listen to that and know when I'm looking in the mirror and my hair's all fluffy and I think, oh Claire, what do you look like? I go, do you know what? God made me me. I'm fearfully or wonderfully made. That's the truth. I could be tempted to believe other things. I could be tempted to uh, not even go out because of my fluffy hair or whatever it is. But actually, I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He's made me the way I am and I'm going to rejoice in being who I am. Sometimes, and this might be talking to people with siblings in their house, we're tempted to use hurtful words, aren't we? Just to snap back. Maybe it's not just the children I'm talking to. We have to remember that we have a God who speaks good words. He always speaks kindness. He's singing over us. He's saying good things about us. He's encouraging good out of us. How we use our words is so powerful. And we're going to think about that in a couple of weeks time. But actually, we're often tempted to reply to something with a hurtful word or a gossip, aren't we? We're often tempted to use our words for harm rather than good. How does God use his words for us? He always speaks life. He always speaks hope. He always encourages us as a father. How we use our words is really important. And when we're tempted not to, Let's raise our gaze and with all of the areas of temptation and see the good gifts of God. See the good ways he parents us, the good ways he encourages us and realize that if we do the same, our actions, our actions will overcome temptation and our actions will make it better and our actions will bring life rather than hurt or pain. How do we overcome temptation? We recognize it's real. We don't let ourselves be deceived by the subtle lies. And we look to the good gifts of God and say, hey, God's given us so much that is good. Let's live in that light rather than be led by the darkness around us. What an encouragement James gives us. And what we need is to encourage each other as well as a family to say to each other i'm struggling with this temptation will you show me the good gifts of god today so that i can live in thankfulness and action in that rather than the temptation let's try to do that for one another this week shall we